touch our heart like you do Lord no one no one can touch our heart like you do thank you Jesus thank you for your love for us is everlasting your kindness towards us is everlasting your goodness towards us is everlasting thank you Jesus we bless your holy name amen praise the Lord hallelujah Praise God. Let's have our seat quickly. Amen. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want us to thank God for our pastors. Praise the Lord. I just want to thank you, God. Thank you, Brother Paul. You know, Pastor mentioned something very important. Uh, while he was talking to us about money matters this morning. You know, that could have been a message for today. Praise the Lord. And I want to thank God for every pastor, everyone, you know, even the children's teacher and all that. I'll tell you a joke. There's always a burden for a teacher <laughs> because you want to be as clear as possible that people do not misunderstand your points. Amen. Some years back, my daughter then was just three years old. She woke up once out of the morning and came to her room and said, Daddy, I need to tell you, ask you a question. And she said, uh, is David a good boy? I said, yes. He said, he's a good boy. I said, yes. He said, he's a child of God. I said, yes, he's a child of God. He said, but David killed someone. I paused at that moment. He said, David killed Goliath. I said, yes. And she paused, she looked at me. If David is a good boy, and he's a, good, he's a son of God, 
He's a child of God. And he killed Goliath. He said, Daddy, I think I need to kill someone. Ah. <laughs> At that moment, I was confused on how I will explain. <laughs> because Goliath is somebody's child. And I was struggling. I had to look at my wife that I think you are better off with this kind of assignment. <laughs> That's how they tell you that. When you, when you meet children's church teacher, please applaud them. <laughs> it's a big job. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we thank God for our pastors, you know, week in, week out, teaching us, guiding us. I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. Amen. My objective this morning, in the next few minutes, You know, and I will tell you why I felt Pastor helped me along the line. My objective this morning is to help raise our awareness of God on earth. Talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. There is need for us to raise that awareness. Let me ask you a honest question. And I want you to give me a honest answer. How many of us, we all go through stuff. We are all still going through stuff. In fact, when Reverend said that if you, if there's financial crisis, you need a jelly assistance. What struck me was like, okay, we permanently need one in Nigeria. <laughs> we, I remember I was listening to one of our ministers one day. I was talking to my brother. And we were just making comment about one of, one of the finance ministers in Nigeria said that, um, oh, we are moving out of uh, uh, recession. And I was asking, I said, I don't understand because I'm not sure we've been out of his So <laughs> I don't know which report he was reading. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I don't think we'll be out of that in the last seven years. So we, we permanently need the angelic assistance. Praise the Lord. And definitely we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I found that, that when we talk about the Father God, our knowledge of Him, I would say quite good. When you talk about Jesus, oh, it seems our awareness of Jesus is also quite good. But there's one person in the Godhead that seems and I stand to be corrected. And I was, like, that's why I said, let me, let, let's, let's do that question. How many of you now, because of things going on in your life, your personal life, your environment and all that, you sometimes feel like, I wish I could just see Jesus. So that we can discuss this. If you've ever been, been there, can I see your hand? You, just, you think it would be better if I can just see him. I've been there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I remember pulling this joke with one of our students in school one day, and I, we were preparing for exam, and everybody was quite tensed. And I said, Relax. Ah, someone said, So you don't understand. They, were lo- they are loading us. I said, okay, well, supposing you walk into your room today 
and you saw Jesus sitting right on your bed, waiting for you. I said, how will you feel about these exams? Ah, so I was ah. So one, fact, one guy said that. I won't read after then. <laughs> because I will just ask him everything. And I will know exactly what to go and do. Praise the Lord. That's how we naturally feel. Because we've been trained to trust what we see. We've been trained to relate more. To believe more in what is tangible to our physical eyes. What we can touch. What we can physically feel. And probably that's the reason why it seems that the Christians generally place less on the importance of the person of the Holy Spirit because we can't tangibly see him. And you know, we know Jesus cannot lie, right? Okay, so let's, let's just open our Bible to the book of John. Let's go to John 14. John 14. First of all, let me first tell you that sight is not a proof that something exists. to God John 14 I'll get back to that statement I just made John 14 verse 16 he said I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter counselor, helper intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by, that he may remain with you forever. Verse 17. I'm reading for Amplified Version, so you can just follow me. He said, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome take to his heart, because it does not see him, or know him, or recognize him. But you know, recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you. Let's read another one. Let's read uh, John 16. He's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I said Jesus cannot lie, right? He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. See, when Jesus told the disciples that he's going to die, and he was telling them about his death, and he will be going away. See, a lot of things were threatened. In the eyes of the disciples, their spiritual need was already threatened. Their financial security is already threatened. You know why? You be living with someone for three and a half years and you don't have to pay bill. We know Peter had family, right? Yes. And if you know about his mother-in-law, that means Peter definitely have children. You can't, you can't, like, uh, remember the one said you can't beat fishermen in the number of children they can have. 
they compete with the fish. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, he had that for three and a half years. The guy had never had to go back to his natural trade, his regular trade. He's been following a man for three and a half years. And the guy said, I'm going away. To a place where they can't follow him. Everything at that instant became threatened. They became vulnerable. Oh, you think it's ordinary thing that Peter said he's going to fight and die? Everything was threatened already and the guy said, well, what are we living for? The prison shows off, chop off his head. If he's, you th- he wasn't aiming for the hair. I hope you know. He was hoping for the guy's head. He was ready to fight. Because everything is at stake. Now, Jesus said, I'm going away. But he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. Another translation said, it is better that I go away. That tells me something. That the presence of the Holy Spirit today put us in a better position than when Jesus was physically on earth. That is what the disciples must have seen. He said, guys, it's better that I go. It's better than I go. That means also something that everything Jesus is to the disciples, that is what the Holy Spirit will be. You know, I used to say something that sometimes that it seems that, you know, cultural tilt and all that sometimes, sometimes painted certain things to us in a way that we probably struggle to understand or to appreciate how tangible that thing is. You know, the word ghost is something very, it sounds very mystical to an African and to some part of the world. I say a ghost. Something intangible. Something spooky. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit the person of the is a person. That's why when Jesus said, I will send to you another comforter. He's talking about a person. I know in the Bible, the Bible used several different words. You know, the Bible, when it came on, Jesus said it came like, like a dove. But he is not a dove. At some point in the Bible, it was likely to a wind, but it is not a wind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is a person. And he is always, in fact, is longing to have the kind of relationship, the kind of fellowship the disciples had with Jesus. That's what exactly the Holy Spirit is going to be. And that's what he is meant to be to every one of us. No wonder when Paul will be closing remark, we said, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. See, in, in, in my little study, I realized that 
I realized that the Father God could not actually do anything on earth without the Holy Spirit. Remember Genesis. Let's look at Genesis 1. Okay, I, mean, I will just run through it without an history. Genesis 1, you know, we can read verse 2. And the Bible says the Spirit of God you know, broods. Let's read Genesis 1. So you know we are not making up these things. I know we all know that scripture. We see the Holy Spirit. Let's just look at the Holy Spirit in different places in the Bible at different points. Genesis 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness upon the sea. And the Spirit of God overing, was overing over the surface of the waters. Another scripture made us understand, another translation made it say he brooded. Brooding means just like an, uh, a mother hen sits on the egg. Praise the Lord. Why? To generate some kind of energy to bring the egg to life. Hallelujah. So, the Holy Spirit was on the scene before the word came. And it produces all what God wants. The desires of God became manifest. Hallelujah. At the conception of Jesus, remember, the Holy Spirit was also the one involved. Mary asked, is how will this happen? The angel said to her that this spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will overshadow you, breathing on her to produce a result. When Jesus was to start his ministry on earth, you can read all through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and the rest. At the baptism, we never knew any before then if there was any miracle. The Bible never recorded any. Praise the Lord. But after this baptism, the Bible said the Holy Spirit came like a dove and it rested on him. See, I would have been impressed. I would still have been impressed if all Jesus did on earth, he did as God. But I tell you, Jesus never functioned on earth as God. He functioned on earth as a man anointed by God. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's good news for us. Because what it means is this. That exactly what he did on earth, we can't do. Exactly how he lived on earth. You know, Jesus was never perturbed by any situation. Never. You know, someone was if you have been here a before and there was a little storm. You know what those take off time sometimes? Gets shaky. I remember when our pastor said it was this TV first and one day it was going to and they ran into a serious storm. Oh God. <laughs> he said he actually woke up by the noise of people in the plane. And he said people praying your manners of prayer. He said, one guy sitting close to him said, Oh Lord, all these things I've done. (laughs) You know, 
come and see accusation. In fact, he said there was a lady that was coming here. Uh, you know, I think she, she was just giving into the country, so she was joining a flight to Polakot and all that. She's fair and, you know, very fair. And somebody accused her of being a mommy spirit. <laughs> right in the place, she's the one. <laughs> it was crazy. Pastor <laughs> Barry said he couldn't understand, but he didn't want to say anything because he said he was calm. He said he just kept quiet. If, if he, he, just, he was not thinking that if I tell these people to relax, ah, <laughs> and you know he's dark. <laughs> got, this is it. <laughs> he, he said he had to keep quiet because the plane had to turn back to Lagos. He said they landed. He saw people praying and all manners of prayers. And he was just thinking, this is not it. Praise the Lord. At the baptism of Jesus, for Jesus to function on earth, for him to fulfill his, his purpose on earth, the ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit was involved. Fully involved. I like that scripture I just read to us. There's a translation that put it this way that John 16 verse 17. I'm still reading that. He said, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth from Amplified Version. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the helper, the advocate, the strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to to you and to be in close fellowship with you. Now, the Holy Spirit has always been with them. That's why I could tell them that you know him. But now, there's a new step to this. Where we be in close fellowship with them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the truth is this. That is the design for the new creation. We are designed to work closely with the Holy Spirit. He is a person. A lot of time we've gone around ignoring his presence. I like the word Reviews this morning. He's talking about the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We have ignored his leadership for too long sometimes. If Jesus said that it is better, then it is better. Now, that is not in any way undermining the work of the, the earthly ministry of Jesus. No. But the truth is that you can never fully appreciate and understand even the earthly work of Jesus on earth without the Holy Spirit. You see, the Father is not on earth. I hope you know. Jesus made it very clear to us. Our Father went, what? In heaven. So when Jesus said, I go to my Father, where did he go? So the only person in the Godhead that is on the earth today is the person of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if there's anyone we should know a lot more about, 
is the Holy Spirit and how he works. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes you prepare to speak in a direction, uh, you know, you just get a nudge. Just like uh, everyone just push me into a direction. <laughs> you know, when it comes to our finances, he will guide you. He is involved in it. You see, he wants to be involved, not just in your. You know, some people, some Christians have been able to think like we should compartmentalize our life. When you gave your life to Christ, you gave everything. You don't have a business life, you don't have a church life, you don't have, it's not separate. You have one life. And the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in everyone. He wants to be that person that you can talk to. He is in you and he's with you. That's what Jesus said. He said he's with you and the Holy Spirit will be in you. Now he is in you. Hallelujah. You know, there's a dear man of God. I do. That story never, I never faced to understand me. Jesse Duplantis. He, he, he shared one story. Now, this story was not what he shared because it was a testimony given by people that does not believe like what he believed. So, he said something. He said, for many years, the guys who manage his investments, they were doing something that he didn't know. He said he was never really conscious about it that that ever happened. So this is the trans- this is tra- this is this is a joke. Every time they want to place his mo- his fund anywhere, they will tell him because he's the owner that uh, where should we put your investment? And Brother Jesse will tell them to give him some time, give him some days. He said, you know, I run Jesus and Jesse's accounts. <laughs> He saw my money alone. He says, we always say, where should I put this money? And we just pray about it. And we go back and tell those people, put it there, put it there. Now, he said, I don't know anything about any statistics anyway. Simply just following God. So we do that. Little did he realize that for over 10 years, those guys deliberately will come to Brother Jesse to ask him, because they want to use him as, as a pointer to where to, how they should manage their portfolio. He said, so one day, one of the guys told him that, sir, I have to be honest with you. You know all those times we come to you? We actually sometimes don't know where to put this phone. <laughs> these are the experts. But we have found out that you never lose money. You don't lose anything. So we just ask you. Anywhere we say go, are we just go in that direction? Just say, ah, I didn't know they are doing that. I mean, he could have been collecting some percentage. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is interested in everything. He wants to lead you. In your earthly work, he wants us to demonstrate. You see, the Holy Spirit is in us. For one, one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit is in us is to demonstrate and express the character of the Father because he is the perfect representative of the Father on earth. He wants to reach the world through us. You see, when God wants to talk, you see, he, that's why he's sending us. You know, Jesus will never come to hell to preach the gospel to anyone. See, let me tell you. Even when people say they see, you know, Jesus appeared to them and all that, it is a manifestation of this. It's this Holy Spirit that is bringing the presence of Jesus to them. 
Because that's the image they could recognize. They never saw the Holy Spirit. They can't put their face to him. So he will bring to them the image that they recognize because they are one. Do you understand that? They are one. He wants to lead us. You see, we can't... I've had, I remember somebody once said to me, asked me a question in school that, is it compulsory we must be filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, no, it's not compulsory. I said, but you will lose a lot. You will lose. You cannot, see, I dare say it more, that you can never live an effective Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You can't. If Jesus can't, you can't. You're no greater. Praise the Lord. You can't. And you know the beautiful thing? And why it is so, I, I thank God. Jesus said, it's better that he's here. You know, I know so many of us have once wished or prayed. There was a time I was praying. Ah, Jesus should just appear to me. Jesus should just appear to me. It is not necessary. I, I remember Brother Copeland once shared the story of a, 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 a preacher who said, Jesus appeared to Brother Egging. Jesus appeared to social person. He must appear to me. So the guy went on serious fast. He just objected himself to, <laughs> to days of fasting. Hallelujah. Somewhere along, he almost died. Somewhere along the line, Jesus appeared to him. Jesus had mercy. You know he's a merciful God. He had mercy on him. I believe it was just God's mercy because the guy would have died weak and tired. Then Jesus appeared to him and said some things to him. And the guy was excited. He was so happy. He ran to Brother Copeland rejoicing that finally he came. And he said so, so, and so, so to me. Jesus, Brother Copeland said, what does he tell you? He told Brother Copeland everything Jesus said. And Brother Copeland opened to Ephesians 4 and he read everything back to him. You, you, you actually didn't need that. You could have just read this. Everything Jesus said, Jesus literally just read Ephesians 4 to him. Because, but you see the problem? He trusted what he could see. That's why our life as believers is not dependent on sight. That's why I said we live by faith and not by sight. The Holy Spirit is so real. The truth is it to your human spirit. The Bible says we have become one with him. John 17. The Holy Spirit is so real to your spirit man. He's so real. In fact, he's too tangible more than the person sitting next to you this morning. The only problem we have is the consciousness of the Father is with us. We need to raise that. We need to raise that. Talk to him like you know somebody's with you. Talk to him like somebody is you. You know he's with you. He will guide you. You know, sometimes he will stop you. See, and you know, sometimes also in church, back then, there are certain things we, I would say we carelessly communicated. Thinking that 
is you need to attain to a level of spirituality for you to be led. You're actually designed to hear God's word. The believer is designed to hear God's word. And man in their most unrighteous way heard God. Do you realize that Adam didn't cease to hear God even after he fell? Have you thought about that? He still came, God's voice still came and he still heard him. Cain killed his brother. Yet he still heard God. Is he heard God? If I made a request, I killed someone, but don't let them kill me. And God see and answered him. God see answered his prayer. <laughs> you know, if you think like man, you will kill a king <laughs> on this spot. It's just killing. <laughs> so man, even in you see, how did you come to God? Jesus said that no man comes from me until the spirit of God draws him. On the father himself draws him. How? By his spirit. So even when you were not born again, you thought you just stumbled into church. You thought it just happened. Though the spirit of God was involved. It was the manifestation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that brought you into salvation. So even when you didn't believe this gospel, when you were not born again, you heard him. You just didn't realize how much more now that you're born again filled with the spirit you have become one with him perfect in one it's not living in a different apartment he said him and your spirit have become home with Jesus living in dwelling in this your physical body there is no longer distance you're not trying to pray through the roof the one you are trying to pray through through the roof is right with you hallelujah that is the ministry of the spirit it is it's tangibly with us. It wants to guide you in every direction. Hallelujah. I used to share this. You know, I, I tell people that oftentimes I try I salute ministers of God preaching week in week out. <laughs> sometimes because for me sometimes I just go with what you know God's dealing with me in that period. You know, some of our students who have been in school will tell you that we've talked about some of these things. I remember one day I was preparing for an exam in school. I can't forget. This exam, you know some of those lecturers that like to brag that makes everything look difficult, make everything very <laughs> tough to look very important. So this guy, people were just... I was also concerned. See, I mean... If you think I'm not concerned, I studied from all through the week. A day to the exam, I read till 5 a.m. in the morning. Shouldn't that tell you that something's wrong? <laughs> but yet, you know, I finished studying that morning around 4.30 a.m. in class and I still felt something is missing. I couldn't just place my hand on it. At some point, I just stopped reading. Around 4.30 a.m. in the morning was a 9 a.m. class exam. And I tried to be praying in tongues. Praying in tongues and just fellowship with the Father. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Just praying in tongues. And I was going to my room. I got to the room around five after five and I couldn't still sleep. I couldn't, I kept having a nudge. Get up. Get up, you are not ready. Get up, you are not ready. 
So I got up at some point. I just went to my table. Now, there's a friend of mine then that was studying analytical chemistry. So, and I was doing a chemistry leader exam, a biochemistry course. But part of this course, he has some biochemistry course. Sorry, sorry for the jargons if you don't do science. So, to cut long story short, I picked the test. I picked the test and I picked the textbook. And I started looking through the textbook. I just flipped it and I just got to a stage and I stopped. On that page, all these, there's these funny, funny diagrams we normally do for some of all the courses like that. I mean, four different diagrams like that and how they all reacted and how the changes and how the shape changed and all that. And I just feel like tossing cram this thing. I'm being honest with cram. I'm not saying study. Cram it. And I just, you know what we say cram? You guys are just, just agbeiru. <laughs> so I crammed it. Because the paper was for 9 a.m. I mean, I did that. It was around 6 already, but then I was done. Repro- I mean, reproduce it on paper, reproduce it consistently. I fell asleep. I woke up a few minutes to nine, dashed out, really had my bad, really rushed to class. I got into the exam. I got there late, but I entered. You know what this gentleman did? First and compulsory question 40 marks. That was the first question. I saw panic boom in my class. And I was smiling. Because I was thinking in my mind, I said, Dr. Mepa, you are in trouble. <laughs> I finished you. I mean, when we finished, I, I, I was struggling to explain because people were like, Tosi, we saw you, you were very calm. Ah, did you know this guy had expo? But by the Holy Ghost. How I will explain to them that I saw this question before exam and I didn't tell them it was very difficult. <laughs> now, you will have said that what's his business with my exam? He's, he's, he's involved. You know, people have debated certain nonsense things people have said in, in you know, trying to separate our life. One, I will, I will close with this one. Very recent one that happened to in my office. My MD is a believer. Wonderful person. One day, a document came to him. I work in an insurance company. So, a document came to him. It's an insurance claim. And we're going to pay out $27 million. And everything looked perfect. Including, you see, Nigerians are wonderful people. For you to claim for a debt life, you need to get certificate that the person from Nigerian statistics or whatever record office that debt, you need to get a debt certificate and it was produced neat. But the man kept looking at the document. He said he can't place it. Something not just right about this thing. Simultaneously, he was talking to the guys in my technical unit. And they were like, ah, sir, you know we have to deliver this thing within 24 hours. We promise we'll do this. We promise we'll do that. The guy said, okay, if you guys said it's fine, I will sign. At that moment, I walked into the office. And he kept saying, but I don't just feel, I don't just feel. I said, MD, if you're not comfortable signing, don't sign. So when the other guys left, I said, MD, I said, you know we are believers. You're not sure about this documentation. Make a few calls and find out. He said, that's true, Tosin. I actually know the manager in charge of this broker who sent this document to us. A trusted broker. 
and he called the manager. The guy said, how much? 27 million? He said, I never signed any document like that. He said, but it came from your office. He said, no. He said, okay, you know what? 24 hours is not a big deal. Wait till tomorrow. I'll confirm. We had to call long story short. The guy found out the next day that it was a fraudulent document. Signed in his office. Stamped in his office. In fact, the guy has so much, he has done in such a perfect way. In fact, all the documents they gave us were genuine. How he did it, I don't know. But you know, it's not hard to go to some offices in Nigeria and say somebody died and you get somebody 500,000 for 27 million naira deal. You know you can get it. They will tell you their own father even died and had it for you. They'll provide the documents. They went, they, I went as far as the company and found out that nobody like that died. How did that person get into the staff list that was covered? Well, another mystery. That means that the whole thing was planned from day one. The guy made the staff list. He had the staff numbered. He fell. He, he died. All miracle. <laughs> but somebody got stopped by the Holy Spirit. There was nothing wrong in documentation. Absolutely nothing. This thing I'm talking about became an industry decision. Because some other companies who were involved have signed out money. Some 30 million. They've signed out money. So, they will think that, ah, the guys working my MD must have been a genius. No. He looked like a genius at the moment. At that moment, everybody respected that. Mm-mm. This guy, ish. It's on point. You know the Holy Spirit will make you more brilliant than what we are really are. It will make a genius out of you, like Pastor Yeti just said. It's a spirit of excellence and intelligence. That's why we don't struggle for knowledge. We don't. We know what to do. Have you had those moments in your life that you wanted to do something, you just felt, don't, 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 and you just felt later on that, ah, it is good I didn't do it. Easy one. But you want such more moments in your life. He wants such moments in your life. He wants to meet every, you see, the Holy Spirit wants to, because what is on you will always influence things around you. Hallelujah. Realize that even sometimes when you didn't get it right, you later realize that, ah, I felt I shouldn't. How many of you have been there? I felt I shouldn't. I should have gone faster. I probably I should have not moved. I shouldn't have called this guy. You know why that still comes to us? He still wants to tell us that he's still here. I'm here. I'm here. It's not to make us feel guilty. No. It's to make us know that I am here. Praise the Lord. I think I'll stop there. You know, there's more to this thing. There's more I want to say. What? But you know, the Holy Spirit is, is in love with you. He actually wants to fellowship with us more than we probably we assumed.
for those of us who don't speak in tongues, if you are here, you then realize that if you live your life full of him, it's how we communicate, we fellowship with him. Praying in the spirit. Talking to him. It sharpens that. Because the barrier is actually your mind and praying in the spirit helps you to break that barrier. Actually, that's the only barrier. Because the information on the outside sometimes want to deaden your sensitivity to him. Hallelujah. You know, when you have seen the effect of sickness and pain on people, that effect, what you've seen could be so strong that it un- sometimes undermines the power that is at work in you that can deliver that person on the spot. Hallelujah. All you need, you see, have you found yourself, I, I, like, I use this analogy sometimes, that you saw somebody sick or you went to visit someone that the person is sick and your first instinct you had the way you got there is to pray for the person. You know why you didn't pray? You spoke to yourself again that physically speaking, this person, if I lay hand, he might not get up. You begin to rationalize immediately how terrible the situation is. But Jesus made us see, Jesus walked with a man that have not walked, that have been on bed for 38 years. How bad could it be? And simply say, carry your bed and go. We begin to begin to see ourselves. But very importantly, he never did it as God. He did it as a man anointed by God. Let me wrap up this. You know, that's why the Bible called him Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. I hope we all know. It simply means the anointing. So to you, you are toasting Christ the anointed one. You are anointed one in your office. You are anointed one in your home. You are anointed everywhere you find yourself. You are the anointed one. Hallelujah. Can you lift up your hands and just thank him? Oh, he's here with us.